Welcome to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast. On this show, we share Ginger's journey and speak with subject matter experts about a variety of dementia-related topics. Ginger, a former English teacher and librarian, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2019. This diagnosis has changed her world and has given her a unique perspective on life and living. I'm Christoph, Ginger's son and full-time caregiver. I've created this podcast as a way to share the best practices I'm learning about caring for a person with dementia. Along the way, we'll document my mother's journey through her unique storytelling. You can subscribe to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast and find all the resources we discuss at lwalz.com. In this episode, Ginger and I speak with Beth Mastel-Smith, professor of nursing at the University of Texas at Tyler, about the life story project she is running with Michelle Kimsey, professor of nursing at Texas Christian University. The life story project pairs nursing students with people living with dementia who share life stories that will help healthcare students better understand how to provide dignified care. Perhaps you know a person living with dementia who would like to participate? We talk about how to join the Life Story Project in the episode. Good morning, Mom. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> this is Beth Mastel-Smith from the University of Texas at Tyler. She's a professor at the School of Nursing there. Wow, that sounds like a big job. <laughs> and and Beth, this is my mom, Ginger. It's I'm pleased to meet you, Ginger. <laughs> and you. So I heard about a program that you and Michelle Kimsey at Texas Christian University are working on together related to people with dementia and your students that are at the schools of nursing at both of those institutions, both TCU and UT at Tyler. So could you give me an overview of what the Life Story Project is and what its main goals and the issues that it's trying to address? I'd love to. And first of all, thank you, Christoph and Ginger, for inviting me to share about our Life Story Project. We really appreciate the opportunity to share with you and your audience about it. The Life Story Project is um, an opportunity for people with early to middle stage dementia, all different types, to co-create their life stories with a nursing or health professional student. Uh, the visits are done online using Zoom, just like we're doing today. And the students and the mentors are given a list of questions that can serve as triggers to um, the people having memories about their life, beginning in childhood, to their teenage years, to their adult years, all the way through to their current life situation. The, the, the mentor, can choose what questions they want to answer through each of the seven visits. And the visits are recorded and put on a thumb drive 
that will then be sent to the mentor and their family members for a living legacy. That's nice. So the people who participate, the mentors, the people living with dementia, and their families will be able to listen back at the conversations that are had with your nursing students as they do this life story project. Exactly. And Ginger is actually going to be a participant in the project. So she said that a few weeks ago that she would be interested in telling her stories. And uh, so, Mom, this is the one of the people in charge of that program that you'll be participating in. So occasionally, you'll be telling your story with a nursing student uh, on Zoom, kind of like we are right now with Beth. That sounds very good. The other day, I went with another kid, um, and he wanted to find his dad. He's probably 12 or 13. And I said, well, I'll walk around with you, but I sure don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'll meet your dad because I don't know who your dad is. <laughs> so, uh, Beth, I'm curious. Um, you and Michelle are from two different institutions, and I always think about different colleges having nursing programs. They're kind of competing with each other, but here you are collaborating to do this project together. How did you team up for this project? Well, it's actually, um, our team is a little bit bigger than just Michelle and I. Mm. Um, I'd also like to acknowledge our other members. Um, Dr. Melinda Hermans is my colleague at UT Tyler. Dr. Dennis Cheek is a colleague of Michelle's at TCU. And Dr. Michelle Serpina um, actually it gave birth to the Life Story program many years ago, and she worked at the University of Texas at uh, Medical Branch in Galveston. We also have a digital story producer, Amy um, Amy Robinson. So our, our team is quite large, and the way we all came together is actually um, Dr. Serpina from UTMB taught me the Life Story Project many years ago, a couple decades ago, in fact, which was the impetus for my dissertation study. Okay. Um, so, and then Michelle was my student at UT Tyler. And when she went to work, when she graduated and went to work at TCU, we continued to uh, collaborate in research. That makes so much more sense. Okay. So the um, Life Story project sounds like it's based on some programs and some you worked on uh, your dissertation around this concept. Um, I'm really curious uh, how you have developed this program into what it is today. I apologize for the dog. Um, That's okay. We we have cats who every once in a while will interrupt the whole (laughs) podcast process. So animals do their thing and Zoom is something that they really could care less about. So, (laughs) or a meeting, (laughs) they just kind of do their thing. So no worries. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of the, one of the real blessings for me about this project is that life story really for me started back in 2005 with my dissertation. Um, 
and we had older adults, not necessarily people with cognitive problems, but older adults share and write their life stories um, for that study. Fast forward to 2020 and COVID, um, Michelle had the idea to have nursing students just do some social visits with people with dementia online using Zoom. And we did that during the summer of 2020 and interviewed the, the students, the mentors, and the care partners about that experience. And overwhelmingly, everyone said that it brought people together, especially at a time when there was so much isolation because of social distancing requirements. And it was such a positive experience. From those interviews with people who've been diagnosed, we also learned that they wanted to share stories about their lives and that they wanted to have the opportunity to talk about what it's like living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of put all of this, these experiences together to create this, um, the current life story project. Okay. So are all of the all the student participants in nursing at this time? Right now they are all nursing students, yes. We oh. hope to be able to expand it. And that's really the cool thing about this, um, this program is we can, we can teach high school students, junior mm -hmm. high school students. We can teach family members to, um, to use this program, these, these, these lists of questions to elicit the stories from the mentors. Okay. So I, I noticed uh, that people with dementia that are participating in this study are referred to as mentors. And I assume that this may help the students develop a perspective that protects the personal dignity of a population that might other otherwise be viewed as less than. So can you talk more about the choice of terminology to use mentor? We, this was the, the word that we came up, back, came up with back in that 2020 study um, for a variety of reasons. Absolutely, um, we wanted to recognize the, the dignity and worth of, of all of the folks involved. And because older adults have so much to offer, um, people of younger generations, they, to me, they, well, to us as a team, they automatically um, have that, uh, take on that role of being a mentor in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that it made sense to me when I heard it. And I hadn't heard it otherwise before. Um, people living with dementia, um, maybe something like that is a little bit uh, more respectful than some other terminology that I've heard. But mentor was definitely up there with the, oh, I think they're going for something here uh, in terms of perspective of the people that are involved, including the person with uh, dementia. Well, so, in the person with dementia, I mean, we really um, envision this as um, the, the mentor and the student coming together to co-create the story okay. so that, that the two individuals are really on equal ground. 
Um, but recognizing that the mentor has a lot of life experiences that through their stories that they will share with the student and offer so many opportunities of, for growth um, on, the, on behalf of the student. Okay. So I know that my mom's Alzheimer's has advanced enough that she has muddled memories from her life story or has significant gaps in her memories. And it changes by day, uh, even time of day. So when she's sundowning in the evenings, her ability to recall things is much less clear than it is at the prime of the day, which we're at right now uh, for her. And we also had uh, a, a little bit of a health scare last week. She ended up in the hospital in the ER uh, which ended up being uh, a urinary tract infection. And we've said here on the podcast before how infections, especially UTIs, are really common amongst older uh, people, and they can really mess with a person's uh, clarity. And mm -hmm. she had gotten uh, seriously uh, confused uh, last week enough that I knew something must be going on because this was not the normal progression of Alzheimer's, but something very quick. Um, and she was kind of, you know, putting sentences together that didn't make any sense and, and the like. So I'm assuming that during this program, uh, the participants are going to experience a lot of different things that will impact uh, how they participate in this co-creation of their life stories. So how are you uh, dealing with these kinds of influences uh, while you do the project? Well, one of the things to your point about time of day, the students um, and the mentors set up their visits for, you know, according to their availability and the best time of day especially for the mentor. Um, the other thing is, is that during, um, well, first we send the list of questions, the list of prompts to the mentors ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So they, a lot of times, the mentors will review the questions and have an idea of the story they wanted to tell. So they come in kind of prepared for the visit. Um, oftentimes they'll even talk about what they, you know, the story they want to share with their family member ahead of time. The other thing is, is that if it's a bad day, it's just a bad day. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they don't even necessarily talk about stories, but they just talk about how the day is going. Um, and then come back later on and, and pick up the story later on. Um, and, and sometimes if it's, if it's a story that the person can't remember quite all the details, the student is um, very quick to reassure the person that, you know what, it doesn't, those details may not be so important, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe is there something else that you want to talk about so that it doesn't become a point of frustration. Oh, that's great. I, uh, that makes sense. So what is it that you hope for mentors to experience as participants in the Life Story Project? We really hope that that it will in, in we, what we know about sharing stories for older adults in general is that it can be really affirming. It gives people a chance to look back on their lives and say, you know, look at all I've accomplished. Look at the things that I've done and to focus on 
those things in their life that they've really enjoyed and that has given meaning to that. So we hope that it will in in a large way impact their their mental health and self self confidence and self-esteem. Good. Mom, are you prepared to tell some stories about your life? Yeah, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> if you can be clear. Yeah. So if they ask you questions about your childhood, would you remember the times that you had to walk to school or ride a bus to school, those kinds of things? Yeah. Okay. How about when you were a librarian? Do you remember being a librarian at schools? Schools. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you could probably talk a little bit about your experience there also? Yes. Okay. Good. Awesome. Yeah. So what um, do you hope that students will be experiencing as they participate in the Life Story Project? Well, a lot of the times when people think about dementia, they have one picture in mind. And usually that's um, the person is living with dementia at the very end stage. And they mm -hmm. people don't realize that people with dementia are, the vast majority of them, 85%, are living in the community with their family, friends, and many of them are living alone. And so part of it is just helping students understand um, that there's a continuum in terms of um, people living with dementia and, and how they're living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, we hope that eventually it will also change their attitudes and how they approach taking care of people with dementia when they graduate and um, are working uh, in hospitals or in the community and taking care of people with dementia. Mm -hmm. I know from this visit to the ER that we had last week, um, there was a flurry of activity to rule out stroke. That was our main concern, that something as large as you know a stroke might be impacting her. It ended up that it was a bad UTI. Uh, well, so thankfully, it wasn't as serious as it could have been. But because of all the tests that were being run, there were technicians in radiology, there were the people who carted um, uh, my mom back and forth from her emergency room into radiology, there were the people who helped her get a urine sample, there were people who put in the IV and checked her vitals all of this cast of characters. And it was very clear to me that half-ish of them had had experience with people with dementia before and approached things differently. Um, mm -hmm. They were much more slow about what they did, making sure to explain what they were doing as they were doing it. They asked how Ginger was doing. Um, it was a different response. Uh, that she gave them back also because of that interaction. And then there were other people who just were like, they were going about their business and they really weren't necessarily doing anything differently um, because of the dementia. And so there were concerns like, for instance, one of the times we went down to radiology, the first time the person, the technologist who was um, helping us get to radiology was surprised that I would be coming along because you know, most of their 
people that go into radiology. They go in, get the CAT scan by themselves and come back to the room. And I was like, nope, that won't work for her because she will be disoriented halfway down the hallway and then she won't know what's going on. And when she gets into the room and has to deal with her hearing aids that will have to come out and all of that, the, those people won't necessarily be aware of all the concerns. So I'm going to go along. <laughs> I said it that way too. I'm going to be going along uh, and, uh, you know, to, to help with those things. And then she was like, oh, okay. Um, and then the next person that I dealt with when I said I was going along because of the Alzheimer's, she was like, oh yeah, of course you should. Um, you know, so it was very much different those people who had the experiences with people with dementia and those who hadn't. And that's, I'm so glad you shared that experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that at least half of them had had some experience and behaved accordingly. And at the same time, I'm, I'm disappointed that it was only half. Yes. And that's really our mission is to make a difference in the education of undergraduate students right the the people in the intake even that was an issue because of covid um there are still practices going on with how many people can go uh into a room or even sit Ooh. in the waiting room they weren't allowing any family members to sit in the waiting room with the person uh and i was like well i'm gonna have to sit in the waiting room with her um, that just wouldn't work out well if we didn't. And, uh, that person with intake was like, yeah, you, you can, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, but you know, again, I thought there might be a fight on my hands otherwise, but they had that taken care of and the person on intake knew what was going on, but there was that potential that that could have gone weird, uh, yeah. and would have been a, uncomfortable for her to sit in a waiting room by herself at this time especially at that heightened level of confusion because of what was going on, that would have been a really bad well. situation. Right. Right. Yeah. She's not feeling well also. Right. Yeah. But also just like she was having a hard time understanding where she was and why she was there. Sure. So, you know, and that the other thing about, and this is kind of a bunny trail off of life stories, but the other thing about that, that we emphasize with our students is, is to talk to the person, not to the always to the care partner, mm -hmm. because so often the provider just talks to the care partner as if the person um, who's been diagnosed isn't in the room, and that's you know that's just so stigmatizing and um, and rude. Yeah, um, I agree. To and, put it bluntly, and we so, had a little bit of that, and I would. When, when I could, I would redirect and just say, well, you can ask Ginger that she'll, you know, yeah. she'll tell you. Awesome. So, yeah. And that, and that helped, but, and you know, it wasn't the, I mean, emergency room visits are never fun. Um, and, uh, you know, as Alzheimer's goes, that's something she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember being there. Uh, although you do have some lovely black and blue on your arm now right from where the iv was yeah that was that was another thing we had where she was confused enough she saw the, the wires going into her arm and so sure. she yanked, yanked it out 
and then had uh-huh. to have it re yeah reinserted. Uh, so I don't know. Can you see that? Yes. She, she's pretty black and blue on both arms. So that was another, uh, you know, detail of, you know, uh, just putting one of those mesh sleeves over her IV would have been helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't think of it and none of the other healthcare professionals thought of it. It just would have helped from yes. her fidgeting with things, um, yes. that really didn't need to be fidgeted with. Uh, but yeah, in that state of heightened confusion and a little bit of agitation to go along with it, you know, she was pulling at stuff. Sure. So understandable. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Beth, are you still recruiting mentors for participation in the study? Absolutely. We're recruiting mentors to, um, begin sharing stories in January. Okay. And again, the um, visits happen online using Zoom. So anyone from anywhere in the country can participate. And it's also okay for the, the person to have help getting online with mm-hmm. Zoom if um, they're not familiar with it. So if a family member or friend can help them get online, um, that's perfectly okay. Um, obviously, they need to have a microphone um, and a camera helps, I think, because that makes the stories even that more real um, on the recording. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll be setting up the Zoom part, and I'm assuming that questions would be emailed, so I might even be assisting with the communication part. Sure. And then once I get her set up and going with the uh, first meeting, I'm assuming I'm just going to walk away and let her have her conversation, right? Or Absolutely. And sometimes the the um, care partner sits and, and enjoys the, the visit as mm-hmm. well. That's, okay. that's cool also. All right. In fact, in some cases, the student and the care partner also become friends. Right. Yes, that makes sense that there would be that uh, bond of, you know, mm-hmm. the commonality uh, taking care of people with dementia. So is there anything else you, you would want listeners to know? No, I think that's it. Um, please, if you're interested, uh, you can contact me. Um, is there a way that we can share my phone number and email address? Yep. Why, why don't you say them here and then um, people with a pen can write things down. But I'll also put it in the episode description so that it's available for those that don't have a pen handy right this second. Oh, okay. My email is B as in boy, M-A-S-T-E-L-S-M-I-T-H at U-T-Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R dot E-D-U. Okay. You can also text or call me at 713-416-5555. Great. So we will get that information into the episode description uh, and then people can reference it there. Some people were fast enough to write that all down and heard it all. Um, And then when they contact you, uh, you, I know you have like a a form for uh, participation and some other things. What, What kinds of things need to be done once people come forward and say, I have a person who is living with dementia and would like to participate? Oh, great question. Um, I will, I will email um, 
as an attachment, or um, if you'll send me your mailing address, a hard copy of an informed consent. And that just explains everything that's going to happen in the study. And I need, we'll need the mentor to sign it. And then you can take a picture of that and text it to me or send it back to me snail mail in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Okay. Uh, and then you'll meet with one of the, the researchers and answer some questions. And that meeting's also online. And if you have ha enough hair and are willing to share it, we need about a, a very small sample of hair to do hair cortisol concentration measures. And that's a measure of, of um, stress over time. It's the only thing that the hair will be used for. And once we get the measures, we throw them away. Okay. Um, but we have instructions for all of that that we will mail to you. That's right. I forgot we need to get a sample of hair. Ginger's going to her um, stylist very soon. And I assume that there will be some hair trimmings. Can we just save there, that? Um, we need it from the, the very root. Oh, okay. So it needs to be so, close to the scalp. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So we'll work on that. I'll I'll have the stylist take it from a part of her head that it doesn't matter if that part goes. Right. Do not show. trust me to cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have pictures of me having cut my hair, and yeah, it was never pretty. So. <laughs> so Beth, the other thing, um, I'm just curious. This seems like a project that could go on uh, indefinitely because you're going to have nursing students indefinitely at the at the schools. Um, so it seems like this project may have a life of its own. Well, that's kind of what we're hoping, Christoph, is that um, once we get sufficient numbers enrolled in this study and the data collected, that we can say, okay, look, this this pro this program participating in the program had the impact on the mentors in these ways and the impact on the students in these ways and then maybe we can go for some foundation funding or some um, national institute of health Nas national institute on aging funding to do it on a larger scale that sounds great good beth thank you so much for making yourself available to our listeners who are always uh, hoping to hear things that help them uh, take care of uh, people in their lives that have dementia and also to give uh, people with dementia dignity. I appreciate what you do. And Christoph, thank you for all you're doing, taking care of Ginger for this podcast and having us, having us on today. We really appreciate it. Great. And we Bye, Ginger. <laughs> Bye. And um, thank you for today. This is beautiful. Um, once again, it's, it shows that uh, it can be done and it can make a difference in people's lives. That's great. Thanks so much. Take care, everybody. All right. You too. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with Alzheimer's. 
please visit the Living with Alzheimer's website at lwalz.com, where you can subscribe to the show and find all the resources we discuss in podcast episodes. We'll see you next time on the Living with Alzheimer's podcast.